might say. And here's why. The best Christmas movies originated in the late 50s and, and into the 60s, okay? So all the stuff that you love to watch, maybe it's the second one or the third one or the fourth one, but they all originally came out in like a 10-year period of time, and it was amazing as a child, okay? Because you couldn't get everything on TV the way that we do now, okay? There was no YouTube, there's no Amazon Prime, okay? There's none of this stuff. You had to wait for it to come on Tuesday night at at 7 o'clock, and you had to make sure that you were sitting there ready to watch that Christmas show. And all of that stuff happened in the 60s. I mean, when I was a kid, it was just a few years old, man, and we were just eating it up and we loved it. And we're going to, throughout the month of December, we're calling our, our new series Christmas at the Movies. And, and I just want to encourage you if, if you, if the first reaction from that, that message series is, oh boy, I just really, I want you to just give this a chance, okay? I want you to give it, to a, give it a chance. And today, uh, you know, as we think about these movies, just think, just think about the movies that came out at that time, Okay? Charlie Brown Christmas, okay? Some, there, it just, I, and, and listen, they, Linus reads the Christmas story in Charlie Brown Christmas. Reads it, and it, it, it was, it's been on national TV for more years than I care to admit because I was born back then, and I, you know, and, and it's just, it's incredible. Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, okay? That, for me as a kid, that was it. Okay, that was my that was my Christmas my favorite Christmas show. The Little Drummer Boy was it was in the 60s when that came out. All of these these awesome shows that we we love it. Frosty came out in the 60s. Um, you might not have known this, but Santa Claus Conquers the Martians came out in 1964. I did a little research. It was it's it's dubbed as one of the worst Christmas movies ever. I got about 10 minutes into it, and it's ridiculous, and I'll probably go back because it's, it's public domain, and it's on. I think I'm going to watch the thing just to say that I watched it. Um, but, but the other one that is a big favorite, of course, is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The Grinch uh, was written by a man named Theodore Geisel, and you may know him by another name. His, his name was Dr. Seuss. And uh, it was first published in 1957 in Red Book Magazine. And, uh, and that, that story was published there. I, I didn't realize this, but in 2007, the National um, Educators Association actually voted um, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas as one of their top 100 teachers' books for children. Uh, I, I thought that was really amazing. And I, I thought I've preached the Christmas message really from every angle, um, but today is going to prove that I have not. Um, and so I, I'm excited to bring this message to you today. Um, and I didn't realize that I had actually missed a character in the Christmas story. And so we're going to read uh, from the Gospel of Matthew this morning, and, and the Grinchiest character of the Christmas story is found there in Matthew. And his name is Herod, King Herod. And today, we're gonna look at Herod and and we're gonna look at him because Herod attempted to steal Christmas. Are you with me? 
The Grinch stole Christmas. King Herod tried to steal Christmas. And what I want to look at this morning is five attributes that are found in this Grinchy character that I want us to, to look at, and I want us to make sure that those are not things that are in our lives um, as we look at them. So attribute number one that we find in King Herod, this Grinchy character, is that he was disturbed, okay? So if you're taking notes, the word is disturbed, attribute number one. So we're going to start right at the beginning of Matthew's uh, Christmas account, Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse number 1. And it says, after Jesus was born uh, in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, we've, we've often referred to them as wise men, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Now, I want to set the scene just for a moment um, as it relates to one of our favorite Christmas movies, The Grinch Who Sold Christmas. And, and I did not know this, but The Grinch, um, I'm only a year older than The Grinch was at the start of, of, of The Grinch Who Sold Christmas. For 53 years, he's lived on top of Mount Crumpet, and he has had to listen to the Who's down in Whoville as they sing on Christmas Day. Anybody know the lyrics of that song that they sing? Yeah, I knew somebody would. That's the one. If, if nothing else, Nikki's dependable, aren't you? So, so he had to listen to that, and it really bothered him. In fact, I would say that it disturbed him. It disturbed him to have to listen to them sing. Well, as... We read in Matthew chapter 2, it was the arrival of the Magi from the east. Was it the Magi that disturbed King Herod? Was it that, that they just didn't announce their arrival and he didn't have time to get ready? You know, Christmas is a time when we have a lot of company and if you're like me, you want to have time to get your house straightened around and you want to make sure that everything's ready. Maybe that's what disturbed him. Maybe it was the star. Maybe it was, was, was that fact that it just could not be explained that disturbed him. But I, I don't think that was what it was. You see, I think that what it was is the fact that the Magi were looking for one that they referred to as being born the king of the Jews. And the reason that this is significant is because that was actually Herod's title. He was the king of the Jews. And in the Greek, when we look at the Greek, the word that is used to describe Herod's response when he heard about this newborn king, it says it stirred up trouble inside of him, in his heart, and therefore, because of that, it stirred up trouble in the entire city of Jerusalem. Now, you might have heard this saying, and you can finish it for me, okay? If mama ain't happy, nobody's happy, right? That's exactly what it was in the city of Jerusalem. If Herod wasn't happy, nobody was going to be happy, all right? 
That's what that means. And so now uh, we, we realize that when we look at this historically, that Rome had appointed Herod, unexpectedly in fact, number of years earlier as the king of uh, the Jews over Judea and Samaria. And they appointed, the, it was actually the Roman Senate, and through Caesar, that's what they did. They said, you are the king. They appointed him the king over that region. And Herod had ruled in Palestine for over 40 years, um, and he had undertaken some incredible rebuilding projects. In fact, he, he was responsible for the, the, a, a, a portion of the wall around Jerusalem, which really affected the safety of the city. He was uh, responsible for rebuilding the temple. He was, he, in, in fact, there was a, a famine, a really severe famine in that land, and he actually took his own personal resources and, and he paid for food to be brought into the region so that the people did not starve. Now, I don't know about you, but that really shocked me. That really surprised me. But his insecurity and his paranoia literally drove him almost crazy, so much so that he did some, some really insane things during his reign. At one point during his reign, he had the 70 members of the Sanhedrin Council of the Jews, their religious leaders, he had them all executed. He had his two sons. I have two sons. He was threatened by their existence that they somehow could threaten his position as king, so he had them both executed. Evidently, he had quite a few wives, but... One of his, his, his real favorites, he was so threatened that he had her killed and he had her son killed and he had her uh, mother and her uncle killed all because he felt threatened by them. So the news of a new king of the Jews disturbed Herod and because of that, the people of Jerusalem knew that heads were going to roll. Do you understand? So when it says that all of Jerusalem was disturbed with him, it's because they're scared to death. This guy's crazy, and he will do anything to protect his kingdom and his reign and his rule. I think that's amazing. But I want to tell you something. Jesus and news of Jesus still disturbs people today. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus still disturbs people. You know, it's okay to talk about Christmas. In fact, it's everywhere. I, I, I'm not kidding you. I think on, on uh, November 1st or even before, it might have even been before Halloween, stores, they were putting up their Christmas tree, uh, you know, uh, tr wonderlands, and they were, they were putting up all of their, their ornaments were out and, and Christmas presents were out, and it was the end of October, People, our culture loves Christmas. They love the idea of Christmas. But not everybody loves the idea about Jesus. Back in the 80s and 90s, we lived in a small town in Wisconsin in our first ministry position called Watoma. And there was an Eagle Scout in the church. 
And, and if you know anything about scouting, Eagle Scouts have a big project that they have to do before they get their award. And <coughs> excuse me, this young man, <coughs> he decided that he was going to make a sign that was going to be placed in, uh, and you have to, as part of the award, you have to go through all the logistical things of permission and all of those things. But his project was to put up a sign right by City Hall in, on, on city property, and, and it listed all the names of the churches in town and what time they started, what their service times were. And at the top of the sign was um, the words, Jesus saves. And someone who was traveling through the area that was from Texas was so incensed when they saw that sign on the city property that they contacted the Freedom From Religion Foundation and they, they threatened to sue the city of Watoma, a city of fifteen or 1,600 people. They said, we're going to sue you and make you take that down. And the city wanted to avoid a costly trial. They wanted to just be done with the issue. And so they, they made a, a decision that they would take the sign down off-city property, and it could be put up somewhere on private property instead, but it could not be on city property. You say, why? It's because Jesus still disturbs people today. Now, I know that we have teachers and administration that are a part of Silver Creek Church, and so I'm not talking about them this morning, but throughout our country, we have uh, really seen a, a big change in how our schools communicate Christmas. We have winter concerts. We have, we have holiday events, okay? Even the word Christmas is being taken out of things because Jesus is seen as being offensive. He still disturbs people today. We have holiday trees instead of Christmas trees. We say even, or are, are, are encouraged to say, not say Merry Christmas, but to say Happy Holidays. I'll, I'll give you my own feeling. When you cross someone's path, and you can start doing this now because Thanksgiving is over. I actually said Happy Thanksgiving for about a week after Thanksgiving just because I felt like you didn't get enough chance on Thanksgiving. Um, but now it's time. When you, see, when you cross somebody's path, just belt it out. Merry Christmas, and don't, do not allow them to, to, to cause you to be afraid to say that. Just go ahead and say it. But literally, we're even pressured that we wouldn't say that. Why? It's because people are disturbed by Jesus. They don't like the fact that Scripture says of him that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to get to God, and that disturbs people. They don't like that. They want to get to God any way they want to get to God. They're disturbed by the fact that the scripture says, take up your cross and follow him. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. They don't like that fact. They don't like the fact that the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. They are disturbed. And the question for you and I is this. Are you disturbed by Jesus? Because if we are, we need to get right with him. Attribute number two is deceptive. Matthew chapter two, let's continue reading there in Matthew's account. 
verse 4, when they had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, they were probably already panicked because he, he was already willing to kill people. Uh, and now he's called them together. He asked them where uh, the Messiah was to be born. Look at verse 5, in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet had written, uh, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi, how did he call them? Secretly. He called them secretly. You see, he's not talking to the Magi and the chief priests and rulers at the same time. So the Magi say, hey, someone is being born king of the Jews. He goes to the rulers and says, hey, where's this person going to be born? Now he goes secretly back to the Magi. And what does he say to them? He he says, um, uh, he asked them when the exact time the star had appeared. In verse 8, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Dr. Seuss's Grinch, who stole Christmas, he did so by taking all of the things that represented Christmas. He took the trees, he took the decorations, he took the presents. He took the roast beast. That part breaks my heart most of all in that story because I like roast beast. Herod, he hears the news about the birth of this king who was born king of the Jews and he brings those religious leaders together to find out where the child was to be born. I can just imagine him getting them together. Hey guys, man, I just, we, we've all heard this awesome news that's kind of buzzing around the city and, 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 and it's about the, the one born king of the Jews. He's the Messiah. It's prophesied by, by Isaiah. Anybody know where he's going to be born? And they, they say, well, yes, he's, he's going to be born in, in Bethlehem. In fact, here's the scripture from Isaiah that says it. 750 years earlier says the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem. Great, thank you, guys. And then he goes to the Magi, gets them together. You know, we think of its three, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Guys, hey, listen, when, when did the star appear? When, when, when did it, well, okay, all right, here's when it appeared. Okay, what I want you guys to do is I want you guys to go to Bethlehem for me. I want you to find this, this, this one that's born, born king of the Jews. You find the Messiah because I want to come and I want to worship him. Think about that. He was deceiving them. He was deceiving them. Josephus, his personal historian, tells us an awful lot about Herod, that he was consumed with keeping his power, that he was willing to kill to do it. In fact, when he killed his wife's 16-year-old brother, what he did was he, he was, basically they were playing around by the water, and he was very playful. And, and you know, Dad's how we get in a pool and we start playing around with our kids, and we, 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 at some point we dunk our kids, right? Okay? And our kids get up and they laugh and it's fun. We have a blast. Well, Herod dunked his 16-year-old nephew underwater and he held him there. And he drowned him. That's the man that Herod was. He deceived them. 
Mark chapter 7, verses 6 through the beginning of 7. Jesus is quoting Isaiah here, and he said, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain. This is a picture of who Herod was. He was bringing honor with his lips. Hey, let let me know where the Messiah is so that I can come and worship him. Colossians, Paul says this in Colossians 2.8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition rather uh, and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Listen, I want to tell you that the world is trying to deceive you and I when it comes to Christ the Messiah. They are speaking lies. And as we approach Christmas, we need to ask ourselves this question, are we genuinely worshiping the Messiah as we celebrate his birth? Or are we just giving the appearance of it while we are gathered with others who call themselves Christians? Are we worshiping him? You see, the world system, the Bible tells us, is being controlled by Satan himself. And the world system loves the idea of Christmas. You want me to tell you how I know that? Because Forbes reported that last year, Christmas purchases between Thanksgiving Day and Cyber Monday totaled $18 billion. The world loves, this is online purchases. The world loves Christmas, okay? They love Christmas. They love presents. They love getting together with family. They love the celebration. But let's not try and fool ourselves, okay? Let's really be real with ourselves. Let's be real with what we understand in our world today. The world doesn't love Jesus. Let's make sure that that we are worshiping him this Christmas season. Attribute number three was he was deluded. Matthew chapter two, starting at verse nine. After they heard uh, the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream, they did not go back to Herod. They returned to their country another route. Excuse me. In Geisel's story, when the Grinch arrives back at at Mount Crumpet, and he has the, the big sleigh with all of the toys, he was surprised to hear the singing come from down in Whoville because he had taken everything that he thought represented Christmas and he had stolen it all, and there he was on top of Mount Crumpet realizing that he had it all wrong. He had been deceived about the true meaning of Christmas. Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi. He was deceived by them when they returned home another way. 
Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, and whoever sows to please their flesh, and from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Many people are going to be shocked someday when they find out that the story of the Christ child is not just a story, but he is the Messiah, the soon coming King, and the Bible tells us that he's coming back to this world again, not as a meek child, but as the the king of the earth. That's exciting. They will be disappointed. They will be shocked because they have been deceived and deluded by the world's system. Attribute number four we learn about Herod is that he was deadly Verse 16 in our text, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. He gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. This is Herod's real, true nature coming out. He was so enraged that the Magi had evaded him and, and, and he could have just found the one child and he just would have had to have killed the one child to protect his throne. But now, as a result, he was willing to kill every boy born under the age or who was under the age of two years old in that area. Professor William Albright says, that he estimates that the population of Bethlehem at the time of Jesus' birth would be about 300 people. It was just a small community. So the number of male children who would be two years old or, or younger might only be six or seven. Other scholars estimate it could have been somewhere between 10 and 20 because of the surrounding areas. But I want you to imagine for a moment the grief and the devastation in that community as they grieved over those baby boys. How vengeful would a king have to be in order to give such a command? Friends, I want you to understand that this world is not a friend of Jesus or of his church or of his people. And the spirit of Herod is still alive in the spirit of this world system. And the world is still trying to kill Jesus today. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 9, the second half. Jesus said, you will be hated by all nations because of me. So the hate that extends to Jesus ultimately extends toward those who believe that he is the Messiah. We should not be surprised that the spirit of Herod still exists in our world system today. So you say, Pastor, what should we do then? I'll tell you what we need to do. We need to stand against that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Christmas is a wonderful time, and we celebrate and we give gifts, but we need to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Driving through town earlier this week, I noticed a local business truck, and on the side of the truck it said, Keep Christ in Christmas. How bold in our culture today. How offensive to our culture, and I celebrate that because they believe in the Christ child. 
Paul says in Romans 12, 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's something to you and I this Christmas that we need to seek to overcome the spirit of the world with the spirit of the, of, of the Christ child that we know has come and who died on the cross for us. We need to have courage. And finally, attribute number five is simply deceased. You say, well, that's not so much a characteristic or an attribute, but let me just share with you verses 19 to 21 from Matthew 2. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. You know, there were many that encountered Jesus and believed that he was the Messiah and put their trust in him. The shepherds did, the magi did, the disciples did, and millions since have done it as well. Jewish historians tell us that Herod died a very gruesome death. He experienced convulsions, he had worms, he had digestive tract problems, he had kidney failure, and gangrene at his death. Not a pretty thing. When Herod was ready to die, he realized that no one was going to want to mourn his death because of all the people that he had killed during his 40 plus years of reigning over the area of Judea. And so he called all the head families from the, the, from the city of Jerusalem. He called all of them together, and, it, and it was a, they had to do it. They had to come to him because if they didn't, they would be subject to death. He called all of them together in one place, and he gave his sister this order. He kept them hostage, and he said, As soon as I die, I want you to kill all of them because I want the city to be mourning at my passing. Think of that. Think of that man. Those executions would guarantee that the whole nation would, would literally be mourning at the time of his death. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 assures us that as people we are destined to die and that after that we will face the judgment. Should the Lord tarry, each of us will stand before God and we will be, our lives will be examined and we will be judged. Obviously, Herod did not believe that Jesus was the Christ, but here's my question. What do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Or is Christmas just a wonderful time of fantasy and celebration for you? You see, I believe that one day we will have to give an answer about who we believe Jesus to be. Is he just a, a figure, a figment, or is he really the Messiah? Herod was disturbed, he was deceptive, he was deluded, he was deadly, and ultimately he died, he was deceased. He was a, the darkest character from the Christmas story. He did his best to steal Christmas. Even in his death, he did everything that he could to maintain his power and control. Unlike that character from the story that we have come to enjoy so much, 
You see, the Grinch had a change of heart that day on Mount Crumpet when he heard the sounds coming from Whoville, when he heard them as they began to celebrate the joy of Christmas, and his heart grew three sizes that day. Maybe you're here and maybe a change, a transformation needs to take place in your heart.